Hey there, and welcome to our podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Now, before we begin, we want to remind you to please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at our church. Thanks again for joining us, and now, enjoy the episode. There is no other message than the message about Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. I'll give you just a moment to find your place. John chapter 8. And we'll read verses um, 31 through verse 34. John chapter 8. If you're there, say amen. Amen. All right. I asked the class when I walked in. I said, are you you tired like I am or, or are you awake? I don't know. Uh, I didn't get the memo, but I found out real quick, you're you're supposed to, you know, stay up pretty much all night. Henry knew, I didn't know, but I found out. That's what you're, so, y'all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, uh, we had an exciting night, and we're going to have an exciting time this morning, all right? And uh, so, John chapter 8, verse 31 through verse 34. Now, I mentioned... Um, last week, you know, last week we were celebrating uh, independence. We were celebrating the 4th of July. And um, I told you, I said, I'm not sure if, if maybe a series or several, a few messages will stem from last week. And um, I have peace about that. So we're going to be dealing maybe with a few, a few weeks from now. That's up to the Lord. But um, dealing with freedom. Freedom is something to be thankful for. Amen. And um, we're going to come to John chapter 8, and Christ is going to be talking about liberty, which is, which is synonymous to freedom, okay? And um, if you're a child of God this morning, you should rejoice in this text. If you're not a child of God this morning, you should see hope for your soul in this text, and we can all leave saying, thank you, Lord, for saving me. I pray that's the case for everybody today. And so, uh, John chapter 8 and verse uh, 31, we'll begin reading there, and we'll read through verse um, 34, all right? Verse 31 says this, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed um, on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abram's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, Ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. Let's react a little bit further. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free 
indeed. Let's say that verse together. Ready, begin. If the Son therefore shall make you free, amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, uh, I humbly come before you this morning. I've um, spent time in study and meditation. and uh, Father, I never truly feel prepared to be your representative. I always feel like there's more to prepare, more to do. But um, here we are at this time to present your word to your people. And I pray that you just take control of my heart, my mind, my tongue. And that everything that is said from, from me to those that are here would be true to the text, true to the original uh, penman with the, um, the inspiration that you gave him, and uh, that we praise you in our worship over the truth. I pray today that we can say, yes, I have been made free. So, Father, I... Um, come to you once again, and I ask that you help me to disappear before your people, that they only hear your voice and not mine. We're here to seek truth, because we know the truth is what believing on the truth brings freedom, liberation of the soul. And I pray all this in Christ's name, and all of God's people said, Amen. Um, the title of the message this morning is, Have You Been Made Free? Um, and, and only you can answer that question for your own self. Have you been made free? All right? Um, I want to start out by saying this. The eternal altering impact of your soul comes from you, your heart rooting in the inner man, rooting into one of two kinds of beliefs. And here they are. One is this, a trusting belief. And the other one is a disbelief. Those two kinds of belief will make an eternal impact on your soul. Who agrees with that? Trusting belief, that's from the heart, or a disbelief, which is also from the heart, okay? The inside, your innermost being, um, those make the, uh, the eternal altering impact of your soul. You have to ask the question, am I in disbelief toward Christ or am I, do I have a trusting belief? Have I trusted on Jesus Christ? Now I can tell you that as you read all this and you, you continue reading in this text, my goodness, you read the entire New Testament you're going to find, especially the Gospels that we read about the ministry of Jesus Christ, um, this announcement of the truth about Jesus, that was the challenge of his ministry, preaching the truth and, and, and all believing it. And we all know good and well, not all tr have a trusting belief on Christ. Okay, That was the challenge of his ministry, was helping them understand. But man is responsible to what they want to receive as truth. Now, you're, what you're going to find is this, is what, what hinged on believing the truth. Not, not the truth of Judaism, not, not the truth of legalism, and all those things the Jews were hinging their dependence of eternal life on. The truth that Jesus was talking about himself, what hinged on that. That's what infuriated, infuriated the Jews. That's what riled them up. That's what, 
I guess, brought them to the point of them deciding within themselves to plunge deeper into their blindness, to plunge deeper into the darkness of their heart and their hatred uh, toward this message of the gospel. Um, Here is the big lesson of this whole message today. It is one thing to begin. It is a completely other to continue. Let me say that again. It's It's one thing to begin. It's a complete other thing to continue. That's what Jesus is dealing with in this, in this message to these people that he is talking to. Jesus is, is going to reveal to us three truths about true grace experienced in me. What do you mean true grace? I'm talking about being saved, being born again. I've been made new. I've received Christ by trusting him alone, by faith alone. All right, That's what I mean by true grace. There's going to be three things that, that, that highlight true grace in your life that's going to help you answer the question today, have I been made free? Because I know good and well the believer has assurance available to them. Amen? The ministry of this word, which is the tool of the Spirit who lives within you, amen, works within us and brings us assurance. But we want to look at that today, So uh, three truths. And let me give you those as we start. One is this, that the believer's perseverance is evidence of the fact that they truly have grace living in them. There is, there is a, a, a pursuing, as you're going to find as he mentions, of something that brings evidence that there is true grace in their life. Okay, There is a perseverance. Um, um, and then secondly, the grace of Jesus is the only grace that can free the soul that is in bondage. The grace of Jesus Christ is the only grace that can free you. Can anybody give a witness to that? It's the only grace that can free my soul from the bondage and captivity of my sin. It's the grace of Jesus. The grace and grace alone is where true liberty is found. He used that word, you're free indeed. Or in other words, you are truly free is what he's saying so the grace and grace alone of jesus brings true liberty that's where it is found okay so i want to begin this morning as jesus did here in verse 31 this perseverance that he talks about okay this perseverance now let me explain to you um i know i I hate the clock it runs away from me all the time but um Perseverance, what I want one you to understand what Jesus is not saying about perseverance, that some uh, theological systems will teach you that um, one's assurance is not hinged upon your perseverance. It's not hinged upon that. Uh, some will believe that I can only have assurance, true assurance, when I get to the end of my life and look back at my life to see if I, if I ever fell away. Did, my, did I did I? persevere all through my life and really you can only have that kind of assurance when you come to the end of your life and look backwards there's there's beliefs like that there are systems that teach you that we don't believe that a perseverance is evidence that there is true grace within you but my assurance doesn't rest upon my perseverance you know where my assurance rests it rests in Jesus Christ my assurance rests in my faith placed on Jesus 
And not only that, but the fact that the Spirit lives within me. That's where my assurance rests upon. I don't have to wait to get to the end of my life and have hindsight toward the past to see if I persevered. My assurance doesn't rest on my perseverance. My assurance rests on the continual faithful working of the Spirit within me that is a witness to me that I am born again. Every one of you that have trusted Christ, there is someone who lives within you, and his name is the Holy Spirit. And he takes this word, and he testifies within you every moment of your life after your conversion. And guess what he tells you? You are saved, you are sealed, and Christ is coming back for you. I just want to clear that up, because sometimes there is, there is this teaching out there that perseverance is what your assurance is hinged on. No, it is not. Perseverance is an evidence... Right? That there's true grace in me. But my assurance rests on Christ. And it rests in the work of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? The Holy Spirit never fails you. Never gets up and, and tells me something that, I, that is false about me. He tells me the truth. So I just want to give you that real quick. Now let's plunge into the, the text. Why did Jesus teach about continuing in his word? Now, Jesus had many followers. Okay, of many types. And you're going to find in verse 30, and he spake these words, many believed on him. Now don't assume what the word believed here means on these people. You go in and read and you'll find really how deep that belief is. And it's very shallow. Because you look at verse 3, he addressed those people. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. And he gives them this message. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. You're going to find a little bit later as we get into the message that these people begin to accuse Jesus of saying that they're, they need freedom. Well, we don't need freedom. So this belief is not a true trusting in Christ belief here. This is simply, um, I would say, a people that were excited about Jesus in the sense that he was sent from heaven. Now, they believed that. They believed he was sent from heaven, but not as a Savior that, that gave them a freedom that they needed. They were doing, he was doing miracles, things such as, as that. But many that followed Jesus were not necessarily true believers in the sense of trusting belief. There were many that would go on through there. That they would profess to be free, right? Spirit, they, they would profess to be believers. They would profess to be true disciples. But Jesus saw a need to address an issue. He said, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, or truly. There were some that um, followed Christ and pursued really just the excitement of the miracles that he performed. That really was the gist of their following. And Jesus, you find Jesus' heart here toward these people. The only ones that truly sought his word or were seeking the truth that he had for them, it were those that actually found liberty for their soul. What he was seeing here is there were people that were following, there were people that were saying, oh, we believe. You see, the thing about Jesus, he knows the intents of the heart. He knows the truth about your belief, whether it's a fake or it's genuine. Whether it's a surface, it's just sort of you're, you're following the hype of the town. Or you're truly seeking the truth that Christ is bringing to you. 
He said, the only ones that will continue in my word, they are my disciples indeed. There's some of you that have the motions of the genuine disciples, but all, it are, all you have are the motions. On the surface, you look like you're just like those that truly are seeking truth from me, but you're really not. You're living a fake, seeking kind of life. It's, it's, it's a life, it really, or a charlatan in a way. You're, 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 you're not truly seeking truth from me. This is the exact perseverance that Jesus was not seeing in many of these people. There was not a witness of that in their life. Let this sink in to your hearts and minds today. As I've already said, to, to begin is one thing, to continue is another. Many began... But many that began also walked away. You don't see that in the New Testament. Many followed what happened in the feeding of the 5,000. Oh, there were thousands there to be fed and see the miracles. When he began to reveal the truth about who he was, they all left. They say they believed. They say they, they were just like you know, some of the others. But really, there was no truth of freedom in them. They were, they were really not true disciples or seeking the truth. Those that are seeking freedom will seek Christ and who He is and the truth of Jesus Christ. They claim to be disciples. A disciple is a learner, a follower, a learner. Some were just wanting to see the next miracle. Some were wanting to learn the truth truly about Jesus and the freedom He said that He had for them. You'll be my you are a disciple indeed of the truth that actually changes your eternal destiny. You see, it's one thing for someone to jump off a starting line. The excitement, right? Anybody can jump off a starting line. But there's something different about those that are truly running. There's something different about them. They are seeking something. Seeking something more than themselves that's within themselves. And it is Jesus Christ. See, here is the danger. If all you are doing today is, is seeking the excitement about what maybe Jesus does in someone's life or the miracles that he does, things of like that. Here's what happens to that person. The weakness of your heart comes to the surface again. The sin that you love comes to the surface again. The devil that you're still a servant to pulls harder. And all that you're, all of the excitement, that all the, all, that's all you're following is excitement or religion or whatever, what have you. All of that fades away and your bondage is revealed again in your life. Who you truly are. Jesus Christ, trusting Christ is not about you know, following religion because of some excitement that's along with it. True uh, uh, freedom comes with believing on Christ alone by faith. Being born again, being a true disciple. If all you're following is the newness of something. Don't you all know this? The newness can wear off. If that's what you're hinging, your, your discipleship or your following is just the newness. You ever, get, you ever attach yourself to something that's trending? A fashion, oh, it's the new thing. You know, um, people, you, you'll see that. The new wears off of everything. That's all that you're... Faith is, is pursuing something that is new and exciting. That's going to fizzle out. There's no real, true grace in you. You're pursuing just something that will fade away. 
true discipleship is a product of two things. John 15, 7 really tells us this. If ye abide in me, my words abide in you. Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. There is a true disciple. There is a true grace that lives in people. And it's those people that you're going to find that abide in the word, and the word abides in them. Those, those two things must exist in your life. And I'll just say this this morning. It joys me to validate, not that Jesus needs my validation at all, but as exciting for me to validate to every one of you the promise that Jesus makes here in this verse. Look at this verse again in verse 31. If ye continue in my words, and ye are my disciples indeed, knows this, know, see this in verse 32. And ye shall what? Know the truth... And the truth shall make you, what? Free. This is what Jesus wanted them to know. So secondly, this morning, we see that Christ wants them to have this true perseverance of truth. To be a true disciple. Because there's something that awaits the true seeker. There's something that awaits the, the, the one that is a true disciple. What awaits them? It's the very thing they are really seeking, and it is the truth. It's not the next miracle. It's not the next feeding of the 5,000. It's not the next healing, right? It's, it's, it's not those things. People come to Christ as a vending machine, as just something, someone that fixes their marriage, someone that just can put another dollar in their wallet. Come to Christ because I just need healing. And can Jesus do those things? Yes. But Jesus didn't come primarily to do those things. He came to give you true grace that will liberate your soul from the bondage that it's in today. I want you to see the transforming truth, also known as Jesus. Okay? Jesus came to reveal the greater bondage than that of the physical. So you look at verse 32, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Listen to me. If you're trying to seek something different about Jesus, you're not seeking the truth, and, and therefore you won't be made free. But a true disciple, a true seeker of the truth is going to find the truth that will set them free. And I can validate that many years ago. And I'm thankful for my Christian home. I'm thankful for my grandpa that was the pastor all of my life, essentially. That, 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 that in my own volition, I sought the truth that was presented to me. I sought it. I, I stepped into being a, a, a real disciple, following that, seeking that truth and understanding it. But not just understanding it. Hinging my faith on it. What he is not saying is this, church. Listen to me. It, what he's not saying is this. It's not an academic knowledge of the truth that makes you free. It is a trusting of that truth. Once you see and understand that truth, you hinge your dependence on it. Remember I told you there's two beliefs that affect your eternity? A trusting belief and a disbelief. It's got to go more, it's got to go beyond the academic. It's got to come to the trust. And that's down in the innermost part of you. Have you trusted Jesus? The only way you'll trust Jesus is if you will come to the truth. And the truth is really not knowledge. The truth is a person. Knowledge of a person. It is Jesus Christ. Remember what he said in John 14 and verse 6? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the 
truth. There it is. And the life. No man come to the Father but by me. And look at the love of Christ. Look at the love of Christ in this, in this passage. He said, hold, stop the press. Let's just stop for a second. Now you that say you believe. In one sense, he says, I know better. To be, to be truly made free, you need to be more than just following me from the, for the excitement. You need to be a true disciple. You need to seek the truth that I'm telling you. The truth must find its way in you. And the only one that can let the truth in you is you. The truth has been brought down to us. It is here with us. But to be in you is something that you must, you have to receive the truth. That you must be someone of decision when God deals with you. And here's the sad part. Look at this. This breaks my heart. This happens today. When he told them this, Christ came with the transforming truth, and it was the belief on him and him alone. Notice what they said in verse 33. <laughs> they answered him, we have, We're Abram's seed. We're Abraham's seed, is what they're saying. Notice, I mean, notice the arrogance. And, and the Jews, Jews this day, had, had a tendency to be very boastful. And, but notice, notice the depth of their pride. Their pride, was they were so saturated in their pride here, they even continued to, to tell false truth about themselves. The whole history of themselves. Notice what he said. Notice what they said. And were never in what? Bondage to any man. How sayest thou? Ye shall be made free. That was those that said they believed, by the way. Same group of people. Do you see, do you, do you see the, the, the boasting here? Now, now, it doesn't take a real Bible student to understand this is a straight-up lie. Straight-up lie. I mean, if you've been here on Sunday nights, we went through Exodus. Right? You look at the Old Testament. You think about Egypt. You think about the Philistines. You think about... All the bond, and there's many others in the Old Testament that they were in bondage under. And get this, right now, they're under Rome's authority. Do you see, when you become the servant of pride, even as this, as this gospel message is preached to you, you serve pride. Pride will open the doors to the depth of blindness that you want to step into. The depth of darkness, however deep you want to go into darkness, your pride will open the door. And that you dive and dive and dive and dive and dive. They were diving so deep, they were making complete lies here before Christ. What they were doing was this. They were receiving a spiritual truth and they made carnal sense out of it. Do you see how they're trying to duck and dodge the spiritual truth? That if they would believe it, they would be free. But because they didn't want to admit the spiritual bondage... And respond to Christ by faith. They make, they make it a carnal thing. Oh we've never been in a bondage under any man. Christ wasn't talking about a man. He was talking about sin. That's the bondage. That we're all in. Now. J.C. Ryle had a quote. And he, and, he, and he said it was. A guy by the name of Henry. I never could get the last name. But this is a quote worthy to mention to you. And, and, and you're going you're gonna to say, yeah, oh, that's right. Because, man, it, it, it made a lot of sense to me. It's a little lengthy, so just, just lend me your ear for a second. 
Carnal hearts are sensible of no other grievances than those that molest the body and injure their secular affairs. Talk to them of, of encroachments on their civil liberty and property. Tell of, of waste committed on their lands or, or damage done to their houses. And they'll understand you very well and can give you sensible answer. Th- these things, they, it touch and affects them. But discourse to them of the bondage of sin or captivity to Satan and liberty by Christ. Tell them of wrong done to their souls. And you bring strange things to them. Is that not true? You think about today. If someone's on their property, litter on their property, or vandalizing their home, they're going to respond correctly, right? It's material things. You're threatening my material possessions. And they're going to respond with a sensible answer, right? Because it touches them, is what the person was saying. But you present the truth about the bondage of their soul, what sin has done to them, what continues to do to them, and what will do to them when they end this life in that condition. And they're saying, no, I don't, I don't see what you're saying. Want to avoid and push that away. It's strange to them. And that's... That's the very truth today about people. People will know. They will seek ways of freedom inside of them. Purpose and freedom. By all their ways. Substances. You know. Um, um, through marriage. Or a job. Or, or whatever. Trying to seek purpose and freedom inside them. They know all of those things end up failing them. Right? I wonder why people OD many times. They, maybe a little bit more, a little bit more, a little further, a little further. And, I, you know, and it all leaves them empty. And we all know if we pursue anything else to try to free us and give us purpose, it leaves you truly knowing, whether you want to admit it or not, that you are surrounded by captivity. You are captive by your sin. You are in bondage. You truly are. See, here's the first step of pursuing the truth is being honest. Being honest. Honesty, truly, especially in the spiritual sense, is the best policy for your soul. To be honest about where you are right now in the eyes, not of society, not in the eyes of me, not even the eyes of yourself, but in the eyes of a holy God. Who are you in His eyes? Where true grace abounds, that means God sees you as His. But where falsehood is within you, where there's no true grace in you. God sees you as an enemy to Him. It's how God sees us. Can I, can I remind you of something? I'm going to give you this last point and wrap it up. Jesus did not come to preach to you to make you comfortable. Let me say that again. Jesus did not come to preach to you to make you comfortable. He came to preach to you to shake away your comfort about your sin, about your captivity, and about your bondage so that you would see Him for who He is and pursue the truth about Him. You put things on you that assist you in your blindness and your darkness. Christ has come to shake that off you so that you would pursue Him. 
The true disciple, the pursuer of truth, a.k.a. pursuing Jesus, that truth, him shall make you free, but you must pursue him. So lastly, liberty is a product of grace alone. Liberty is a product of grace alone. You look at verse 36. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Um. I want to give you an insight into this illustration that Jesus gives us here in this text. He talks, he's, 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 he's helping them look back to how things were in the Jewish home. There's a son that is a rightful heir to the home. He has sonship, right? He's the son of the father of the home. But there are also slaves. There are servants there. And the servant has no right to remain in the home, right? He's not a son. She's not a son. But there is someone in that home that can grant them the right to be as a son. To be there, to welcome there, to, to change the position or status of being a servant to being a son. That's what Jesus, that's what Jesus is saying. He said, listen, I know you say you believe. I know you say you're a true disciple, but I know better, and I see your heart. And so I wanted to redirect you to what you should truly seek so you'll find freedom, and it's seeking me for who I really am. Because here's, what I, here's a transformation I want you to experience is this. I want you to go from a servant of sin to a son of God. That's what Christ is wanting. Everyone in there, I want you to go from a servant to your bondage, to your sin, to the devil, to being my child. But the only way that can happen is if they receive freedom by grace alone. Let me give you some phrases this morning as we wrap this up. How does the Bible describe freedom that Jesus gives us? How does the Bible describe the freedom that Jesus gives us? Can I give you some words real quickly? One word is this justified. That's a beautiful word, isn't it? Justified. What that means is this, and I'm going to spend a long time, I'm going to give you all these words, but justified means this, is that Jesus receiving him by faith means that through him and through him alone, I can stand before the Father and him look at me and see me justified before, why is it so important that I be justified before the Father? Because the Father is holy, righteous, perfect, and just. He will be just according to who you are when you stand before Him. And if you stand in Christ by trusting Him today, you stand justified. Or as some would say, just as if I'd ever, never sinned. I stand before Him right with Him. Justified. How about pardoned? I have a load of guilt. Right, you know, without Jesus. But when I when I received Jesus twenty two years ago, I was pardoned. The title is: Have you been made free? Someone must make you free. Someone outside of you, and his name is Jesus. Only He can justify you. Only He can pardon you. Remove the guilt. Remove the darkness. Remove the blindness. Remove the stain. Forgiven. Isn't forgiveness great? Now, somebody can forgive you in flesh and blood, but it's not nothing comparable to the forgiveness that Jesus grants you at the moment of belief. Forgiveness of your sin. Forgiveness of your unbelief. Now, let me give you this. What's exciting? This justification, this pardoning from Christ, this forgiveness, this boldness that you can stand before the Holy Father and Him welcome you in, 
Guess what? Death can't stop that. The grave can't prevent that. And there's no power that can strip that identity away from you. I shouldn't hear crickets right now. I should hear an amen or two or a hallelujah. So you can run around the church if you want to. I don't care. But it's worthy to be excited about. Death cannot stop it. The grave can't prevent it. And nothing can strip it away from you. That sounds a little bit better. That's how we should respond to such great truth. And Jesus was guiding them to this truth. I'll leave you with this. You may enjoy the land of the free, and I do. Amen? Amen? You can have all the freedom of land you want. You can have all the freedom away from the oppression of tyrants and kings and rulers. But if you die with that freedom alone, it's useless. It's useless. Can you imagine getting them to, hey, I live in the U.S. of A. What's that to God? That freedom can't get you into heaven. People died for it, shed their blood for it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bringing that down. I appreciate the freedom I'm here. But I don't want you to die with just that freedom. Because you'll die in bondage. Christ says there's a greater freedom than the physical freedom. And there's a freedom from being a slave to sin. A captive to sin. And dear friend, aren't you thankful as we preached last, two, or last week... Jesus came to preach to the captives. If you're not in Christ, you are a captive. You're in chains, you're in bondage, and you cannot save yourself. But there is one who says, if you will seek the truth, and the truth is spelled J-E-S-U-S, you seek Him and trust Him by faith, you will be free indeed. Let's stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. Will you flee to Jesus? He is the, the way, the truth, the life.